Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Episode ninety-seven. Welcome everybody. Today I'm in San Francisco and I'm here with. Bruce, and Bruce is a very active member of the Airbnb community here in San Francisco. So we're going to talk all about the legislation. We're going to talk about what's going on in San Francisco. Of course, the home of Airbnb. So Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you. And it is quite um, the journey to even get to this point in the legislation process because it has been very long and winding and complicated. Well, let's, we're going to talk all about that. But first, uh, let's talk about you and Airbnb. How did sure. you get involved? How long have you been doing Airbnb? Um, I've been doing Airbnb, renting out a spare room in our house. Um, we got into it first by my husband and myself. We actually went to visit my mom in North Carolina. And before we even listed our property, we decided we wanted to try it out. So We took a side trip when we visited my mom in North Carolina and rented a spare room in a shared residence, a mid-century modern house that we liked and, you know, stayed there for, I think, three nights and really enjoyed ourselves. And we thought, oh, that was really pleasant. We thought that we could bring this home to San Francisco and do it in our own home and, you know, use that extra money to, you know, fix up our house, you know, pay some bills that we have from time to time that we incur and other things. And now you've been doing it for about two years, right? Correct. Since February of 2014. And what's your experience so far? So our experience aside from the political side has been really good. Um, we've met a lot of people all over the world. Um, we are probably one of the ones that's probably 20 or so days rented out per month. So we don't limit ourselves on how, who we accept or how many people we accept. We're kind of in it to not just make money, but also have the experience of meeting people from all over the world. And we're turning around and using those funds either to fix up our home, but also using it as the Bruce and Lawrence Travel the World Fund going forward. Because my husband and I, we haven't really traveled the world that much. So that is just starting to happen this year going. That's great. And uh, what's what are some of the most memorable experiences that you had over the, over the last two years? I think the one of the big ones that we've had was a... Um, boyfriend actually proposed to his girlfriend since this is San Francisco and I left my heart in San Francisco's here. He decided to fly his girlfriend at the last moment. She had no idea where she was going and they came and they stayed with us. I was very nervous about the whole stay because we were really trying not to reveal what he was going to do for her. So we just kind of had to just kind (laughs) of avoid them when they showed up. But it was kind of 
fun and exciting for us because, you know, you got to kind of experience it along the way and that they went up to Napa, went to the French Laundry, and he proposed at the French Laundry. She said yes? Yes, she said yes. (laughs) The unfortunate side is that I guess someone else next to her also proposed and they had a better, bigger ring. So when they came back and they told us that funny story, I said, well, at least you'll know that you aren't as in debt as they are. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So let's talk about uh, what you do in the community here. So you're you're very active. Um, What's the club that you're involved in? So I'm part of the Home Shares Democratic Club. So we are an independent club that's not associated with any platform. So we aren't particularly tied to Airbnb, VRBO, Rumorama, Flipkey, etc. So all our members are varying degrees of hosts who host on different platforms here in uh, San Francisco Bay Area, mostly primarily focused in San Francisco because San Francisco is where the legislation ground zero has hit. So in uh, November of last year was Prop F here in San Francisco. I was heavily involved in fighting that. I actually spoke with the New York Times, the Associated Press. I did several TV shows, KTVU. I went to Dale Carlson's house, who's the head of uh, Share Better SF here, to say basically, hey, come stay in our homes, listen to our stories, and learn about the other side of San Francisco was my big speaking point that it's not just about the other side, but it's also about the people that are struggling to stay in their homes in um, places around the city that are expensive that, you know, yes, there is the affordable housing issue, but yes, there's also those people that are doing it to stay in their homes. And for the people who don't know what Prop F is, could you explain what Mm -hmm. that entails? I know it's a bit of a complicated thing, but... So Prop F actually lost 55 to 45 in November of 2015. What it basically was meant to do was basically shut it down and put everyone out of business. It was basically to say whoever is doing short-term rentals would only be able to allowed to do short-term rentals for up to 90 days per year. That was it. And um, that would be the cap. So that would prevent a lot of you know seniors someone who relies on their income each year to be able to do whatever they need to do to live on would not be able to do it here in the city. So it would basically force them to leave. And that will be regardless of whether you're renting out a spare room or the entire apartment. It Correct. Would be for everything. It was for everything. Right. And it was very heated and very con- contentious. We attended probably at least over a year of Board of Supervisors meetings, probably about six to seven of them, where both sides got up and spoke. There was one that I actually couldn't go during the day because it started around noontime. And I came home on the commuter train. And right as my train was pulling in the station, someone who I was working with at Airbnb called me and said, hey, can you still come? They're still speaking. And by 6 p.m. I was there. So that meeting alone went on for at least seven hours. It went very, very late. So when people here in San Francisco get involved in politics, it's very contentious and it goes on a long time because there's a lot of people on both sides that want to air their side of why they're either for or against short-term rentals. And what's the main reason that the city was trying to ban Airbnb? Like, What, what were the arguments of people who were in favor of banning it? 
Well, back then it was that they weren't paying their taxes. That was the big thing, even though sometime in the past year, I don't know exactly when, but um, Airbnb resolved the tax issue. So Airbnb of all the platforms should actually be acknowledged here in San Francisco because A, they have come out and they are the only qualified website company with the city of San Francisco. No other platforms has done that. And that means sharing minimal information, anonymized information about guest and host to the city, as well as it is transmitting hotel tax that I think is 14% on top of whatever is booked with each host that the guest pays for and is transmitted on a monthly basis to San Francisco City Hall. Right. And that the tax is paid by the guest and the host doesn't doesn't see any of that, right? It goes straight through Airbnb to the city. You don't the host, involved the in that, right? host doesn't see it, but the guest does. Right. So the guest will see it as an additional charge in their credit card. Right. Okay. Now I guess that's fair enough, you know, because uh, people who stay in a hotel have to pay that tax as well. Correct. Um and I think they're 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 going that way in a lot of cities. I know in Amsterdam it's the same thing. They charge not fourteen percent, but I think it's seven and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. Any other arguments? Um, well, the big arguments was that uh, we were disturbing the character of the neighborhood, that people were noisy, that they were taking up parking spots, et cetera. It was kind of your usual complaints that you've heard in other cities, which, you know, we've been doing it since February of 2014. A lot of our neighbors, we came out and actually held an Airbnb prop bath party at our house to educate them as to the upcoming legislation, a lot of them didn't even know that we were even doing. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't realize, they hear these rumors of, oh, it creates lots of noise, it's going to change the character of our neighborhood, et cetera, that they're going to be hollow shells. Well, no, it, it really doesn't. What it really does is it brings people together to actually you know, show that many different cultures can live amongst each other. I mean, myself and my husband were gay. A lot of, you know, things that's currently going on right now in the world is with Airbnb is the racial discrimination. But I don't think what's being talked about is how hosts could be actually discriminated against. So us being gay, a lot of people that are against it aren't going to want to stay with us. I'm okay with that. But I think what has been really amazing about this experience of doing Airbnb is that when I first started short-term rentals, I thought being in San Francisco, being in a very gay-friendly town, that the only people that would come stay with us would be gay people. And that actually has been the exact opposite. All of our guests are probably heterosexual. It's probably 95% heterosexual that stays with us. And I think one thing from just my own perspective is that I always had this weird view of the world that, you know, gays are hated, et cetera. Um, You see it daily in the news, et cetera. But what this shows me really is how much the world has changed and how that really is just a fear that's out there that just exists with other people and how accepting people from all over the world really are of us. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't expect that to happen, but that's, you know, that was, that's been my perception for the two years that we've done it. That's awesome. That's great. And I think that's one of the, 
great benefits of Airbnb is that, you know, we all have these ideas of what other people are thinking and, and people from other cultures, people from other countries. But these are just assumptions until you actually meet somebody, until you actually spend time with somebody. And that's how you find out. And of, often, I think, is the case that, you know, it's, it's a very pleasant and positive surprise what you find out. Yeah. Like, it, for example, just this people that just left yesterday was actually a, a family from Lyon, France, of two parents and two teenagers. They actually came to stay with us. I would never have thought someone with kids would come stay with us. You know, it's, right. so I, I think it's really amazing that people are that open in society. That's great. So let's talk about the current regulation, because this Prop yeah. F that we talked about, uh, is it was voted against. Yep. So, um, but there is some other regulation that came in place. So there's been right. a lot of changes since Prop F. So um, right now, what has just recently gone through with the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and was contentious once again, is David Campos and Aaron Peskin have championed a legislation without being voted on. So it was actually voted on at the Board of Supervisor, Supervisor level. And so now it's before Mayor Ed Lee to either sign. Well, I guess he has to sign it because it basically passed unanimously. And what that legislation is, is that it, the platforms are responsible for anyone who lists on their platform that's not registered. So if you aren't registered, you aren't registered with the city, the platforms can be fined up to $1,000 per day. So it could be heavily fines. It could be um, heavy fines for uh, the platforms. Um, so it's just very problematic because what the share better side is doing is basically taking the bits and pieces of Prop F and taking chunks of it and passing along legislation that right now hits at the unregistered users on platforms. We expect future legislation potentially to be either caps on unlimited hosting. So my husband and I, we do a spare bedroom in our house. Right now, the current legislation allows for us to rent unlimited throughout the year. So we probably will see something be presented about us being limited in the terms of number of days that we can host during the year. So right now, if you rent out a private room and you're living in the house, you're mm -hmm. allowed to do it the whole year. As long as you're registered. As right. long as you're registered, right. And what about if you, let's say you go on holiday, are you allowed to rent out your entire place? So that's unhosted. So un right now the legislation is if you're hosted and so meaning you live in the residence and you're doing a room, you can do it unlimited throughout the year as long as you're registered with the city. If you're unhosted, you can do it up to 90 days. And then there is a um, another provision that when you are registered with the city, you also have, have to have a business license. So you have to jump through the hoop of the business license, then being registered with the city. And then what recently came down about three months ago was that the city, uh, or not the city, but the state assessor's office, they issued a form 571 form to all the hosts of the last year. And what that form basically is, is that if you're in your uh, shared space with your guests, 
whatever you're looking at that the guest has access to in the room or in the kitchen or in the laundry, you have to itemize it out and you'll be taxed. I think it's a little over 1%. So a lot of other businesses in the state of California don't have to do this. So we're really confused about why this form has come about and is very cumbersome. It's not tailored to our industry of hospitality or short-term rentals. So our group, the Home Shares Democratic Club, is trying to work through with the Board of Supervisors to issue um, or to make recommendations how to streamline the registration process. Because one of the other issues here in San Francisco is that a little over, I think it's 1,200, 1,300 hosts are registered. Nobody knows the total number of hosts here in the city because they're on various platforms. Some people who host have multiple listings. So nobody knows what the true number is out of. And so the the 12 or 1,300 people that are currently registered, it could be as low as 5,000 hosts here in the city. So we're trying to streamline that process and make those suggested improvements so that it will encourage people to get registered. We think that the big issue of the non-registration is because there's so many hoops that people jump through that um, they'll just say, forget it. Why Why even do short-term rentals? And you know, we kind of think that some of those processes that are in place, the Form 571, for example, or the business license, and then the registration, they're all kind of put in place to make it difficult for people to register. Whereas if you had one process, one meeting, um, some of our hosts who have rented or registered with the city has taken up to like five or six months just to get the registration certificate. And it's very frustrating. And so people are frustrated on, on both sides. So um, literally when the, for example, when the 571R form came out, they gave it to us with two weeks to complete. We had a two week deadline to complete this form and send it in. So we haven't, we've completed ours. We haven't heard back what we're taxed at. And as well as the other thing is that if you think about what you're being taxed on the different items in your room, it's also depreciated over time. So 1% of a lot of the stuff that they have available to them is probably going to be very little. So a lot of labor is going to be spent by city government, which we think, you know, those people in city government could be spending their labor time, wage time, whatever, working hours, doing more important stuff than, you know, trying to collect 20 or $30 from the short-term rental host. Yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So you're saying 1% of the total value of the items that the guests would use? Correct. I mean, that's And that's sounds, depreciated over time. So That just sounds unnecessarily complicated. It's very me, complicated. You know? Yeah, and like you said, it's probably the wages of the people that are going to be checking that and the amount of time that hosts will spend, you know, calculating how much exactly that is. I mean, you literally will have to have to say to a guest, hey, if you uh, use that uh, that microwave, can you let me know? Because then I have yeah. to add it to the... Well, no, the it's, it's not even whether or not they use it. It's if it's available to them. You even oh. have to record the artwork on the walls. Wow. That's how stringent it is. 
So it's really ridiculous. So if you have a really ex- <laughs> if you have a really expensive painting, then uh, if you if no you Van Goghs in our house. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, when you have gas, you have to put it with the, with the neighbors. Yeah, so that you don't have to get you don't get tax on it. Like, yeah. what if you have like a, a ten thousand dollar painting on the wall? Like you, you have to pay you like a hundred li- bucks. You have to list it. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, it's just it's just insane to me. Like what? How do these people come up with this kind of stuff? You know, like seriously, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's politically motivated. It could be. We we don't know. To me, it sounds like what they are doing is they're thinking. You know, if we just make this very very complicated, then a lot of people will just quit because they don't want to deal with all the hassle. Which is truly what they want. They they want us to not do short term rentals. The reason why I actually do short-term rentals, a lot of people don't really dis- discuss it because they think it's just for the tourist. It's not just for the tourist. We do it because the people that come stay with us, we've had an intern that made $20 an hour. The intern needs a place to stay. They don't. They aren't going to be able to go onto Craigslist and say, oh, I need a place for two months. You know, will you, who's going to do, who's going to rent a place when you're competing against other people looking for long-term rentals to an intern for only two months. So interns need a place to stay. We've had people stay with us who are um, relocating for a job or people relocating for a job with a pet. We've actually hosted someone with a dog. You know, hotels don't take dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we've actually had some um, other people who just couldn't come to San Francisco that just couldn't afford it. You know, hotels here in the city are $300 a night and up. So we're a third of that. So, right. Yeah. So the next question would be, if this city is trying so hard to make the life of an Airbnb host so difficult, like what motivates them? You know, what's behind all this? Is it, is it the, the hotel industry that's lobbying with the politicians or? Well, share better. And the people in opposition like to present themselves as the hotel workers and the tenants' rights unions are behind it, which they are behind it. But what's not really being said is the hotel industry actually is being behind it. We In last Prop F, we actually saw um, several hotels make donations to the Prop F campaign for Yes on Prop F. And we were on, on the no side, obviously. Right. So the hotel industry absolutely is is behind it. You know, I think really what's going on is very interesting because one of the actual hotel chains, I think actually acquired a short-term rental company in in the past six months or so. So I think that's going to have some shakeout in terms of who's fighting on which side and, and what's going on. Um, There was a great article that I read that I posted to our home shares dumb club site about the hotels being behind it and how last year that they actually recorded record profits. So to say that we are, you know, a threat to them really isn't isn't really true because yes, Airbnb and short-term rentals are doing well, but you know, the hotels also are doing well. Right. Yeah, no, that's totally true. I, I looked at uh, the amount of hotel stays in Amsterdam because you know it's the same discussion in Amsterdam and Berlin, Paris, everywhere. The people who are against it are using the same arguments. But if you actually look at it, you know, in Amsterdam, the amount of hotel nights actually has gone up over the over the last few years, and I think that Airbnb actually creates extra demand as well. Because what I 
I get a lot of guests who would otherwise be staying with friends and family. You know, they would crash a couch or they would, uh, you know, sleep on the airbed or something. And they, they just don't want to stay in a hotel. Right. So, you know, before Airbnb existed, they would, you know, stay with friends and family. But now they're thinking, you know what, if I can actually stay in somebody's apartment, that's that's a good option as well. So, I don't know, it might also increase the amount of people that visit the city. And there might be some people that don't yeah. like staying in a hotel and they say, okay, well, this Airbnb f- thing is much more fun. So, we'll we'll travel more because of it. Yeah. You know, I think that's... That's also possible. The other interesting angle from this um, Cal Innovates article that I was reading that's about the American Hotel and Lodging Association and uh, what's going on with the short-term rental situation is that a lot of people aren't even really thinking the bigger scope that there are foreign investors in those hotels. So that's really is who's also driving this legislation. So it's the Chinese investors, et cetera. So it's... You know, not just hotels that are American, it's global hotels. Right. So what is your opinion on the future? Like, do you think there's going to be more regulation? Is it going to change? Or Mm. do you think, you know, the city has reached sort of like a status quo that that's not going to change for a while? Well, the Board of Supervisors platform $1,000 a day for illegal or unregistered listings we're still in the gray period, and I think they have about two or three more weeks to either file an unconstitutional or fight the legislation. Um, there's rumor that maybe the Internet Association or the Electronic Frontier Foundation may come out and fight against it using Section 230, which basically says something to the fact that the platform isn't responsible for uh, user content posted on their site, similar to like it's someone using eBay who's selling Nazi, Nazi memorabilia, for example, um, that you know you contact eBay, they'll pull it down, et cetera. So it will be interesting to see if one of those two organizations or if Airbnb or um, VRBO steps, steps in to fight this legislation. I think Portland Right now, VRBO is fighting similar legislation there. I think what's in the future, though, once we get this resolved, is that uh, Campos and Aaron Peskin, supervisors here in the city uh, of San Francisco, that they may try and hit the hosts that are doing shared situation that's unlimited. They may try and limit that cap. And then after that, could be that it may go before the state. So there are certain cities in the state of California that have already out and out banned Airbnb in particular. So it may be a city by city type fight at California state capital of Sacramento to see whether or not the whole state bans it, which is very similarly, oddly enough, what's going on in New York state. Right. And we're going to talk about the legislation in New York in one of the future episodes because it's recently uh, a a new piece of regulation was uh, was put in place. I think the governor still has to sign it, so yeah, it's, it's not one hundred percent sure yet if it's going to go through. But uh, if it does, then we'll definitely have an episode on that. So thank you uh, so much, Bruce, yeah. for uh, for your time, and uh, I hope that you know the future of Airbnb will be a very good one and and a fruitful one for for you guys here in san francisco and with that uh we've come to the end of this episode so thanks everybody for listening 
and we'll see you next week. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.